delighted that we've got uh, Bruno Patino, who uh, many of you will know. For those of you who don't, um, uh, Bruno uh, has worked in uh, many parts of French media, Le Monde. Uh, he was director of digital strategy and TV channels at uh, France Television. He's dean of the journalism program at Sciences Po, and he's just taken up a new role as director of programs, I think, at uh, Arte, the cultural channel in France. So a real breadth of uh, experience in, in French media. Uh, and today he's going to share with us his thoughts on what's happening with TV. So Bruno, thank you. Thank you, uh, Richard. Um, uh, I hope you will apologize for my English. Uh, I will try uh, to be as clear as I can. Uh, the idea for me is uh, to share with you uh, some thoughts about uh, what I witnessed in the TV industry and also uh, from time to time some beliefs that are personal but I will tell you at that moment. So maybe uh, some of you uh, know this image coming from the, the movie network. Uh, when uh, TV was ruling the world. Today we are living in, in a paradox. Uh, we know that images and shows and TV shows are everywhere, but TV does not rule our world anymore. This is a black and white image. Uh, when the TV set was <coughs> so powerful that it could gather us at the same time in the same place, uh, now we know that to be together uh, in that kind of experience uh, is not uh, as usual as it, is, as it used to be. So when, whenever we talk about TV, we talk about the experience. Uh, we don't talk only about program. And uh, we all know that the experience we have in front of the TV set is changing or even has changed. If you if you share these thoughts with um, people of the industry, they will say a, a very simple answer to you. They will say, of course, it's changing. Uh, the major trend is we are immersive. So you used to watch TV and now you will have to move into TV. So uh, uh, I will give you the links. You, you have videos about it. So those, those immersive trends for the TV, it's high resolution, as you said. So. Uh, uh, two years ago, or even one year ago, uh, every TV channel uh, in the US or in Europe was talking about the 4K, uh, but now uh, everybody's talking about the 8K. Uh, some believe that one day we'll arrive uh, uh, at the 32K uh, image resolution, that is, a TV image which, which is much better than reality. <laughs> I assure you, uh, it's a, whenever you see 8K images, you can see images of crowds in a stadium and really it's very impressive because you are able to distinguish every one of the people attending a football match uh, on your TV screen. It's absolutely incredible, it's much better than our eyes. So, of course, virtual reality is coming to TV. Uh, you will see this trailer with uh, the famous David Attenborough, which is, who is a legend here in, in, in the UK and should be. Uh, you, you might know that uh, I think David Attenborough is 81, 82 years old, and he created a, a huge virtual reality studio where he's uh, experiencing uh, 
some uh, very uh, new uh, productions. And of course you have uh, the 360 degrees video coming into TV and then the augmented reality but here you have the image of, uh, of uh, augmented reality coming into TV that is a mix of 3D image within the data, data produced image and for uh, weather channels or programs now uh, uh, we, ha we had that experience in France uh, it's rather strange but you, you, you uh, more and more uh, are accustomed to have 3D's uh, objects coming into, into, news, uh, into news shows Okay, that's what, is, what the industry will say to you, but uh, of course TV is becoming immersive, but I think we shouldn't, my belief is, we shouldn't limit the TV experience or the change into TV experience uh, with uh, this uh, immersive trend. I'll try, whenever I speak to my students, I try to define to them what an experience is. And so they call it the Bruno Patino triangle. So I'll <laughs> take a copyright for this triangle. So, uh, uh, so experience for me is a mix in between a content associated to a context of utilization or device via an interface. So you should really think that every time a user, not, on, not only a TV viewer, is confronted to a content experience, is confronted to these three, a mix of these three elements. And my strong belief is that whenever you change one of the elements, you change the experience, first thing. And experience don't compete with one another. That is, we will talk about it later, but every time you talk to TV people, they say, what I put online, my program, will compete with what I put on TV, which shall compete with what I put on mobile. And every study we have don't agree with that fact. People really choose first an experience and then a content, and not the content and then the experience. So, of course, we will talk about the four screens there. I told you the TV set is more and more about immersive experience. What mobile, tablet, or PC experiences, it's something else. The interface, somebody here would say the distribution interface is something else, is the way uh, your content is being contextualized or distributed. So experience is a mix of these three elements. And so when, whenever we take into account the three elements, we have to take into account something that is very different, that differentiates really strongly the TV industry and the other media that we know. If you look closely to what happened with newspapers, radio, or even music, it's a story of exportation. You had legacy supports that would send their contents into screens. But the original supports, the newspaper, the book, the radio, would remain unchanged. We could say dumb because it doesn't, has nothing to do with data. And would remain really, the, the, the key thing is unchanged. TV 
is a double movement. First, you have this exportation of TV programs into other screens. But then you have things coming into the TV set. The TV set is opening itself because it goes connected. And that's the major thing. We don't have a connected newspaper. We don't have a connected book. Of course, we have, we have readers or whatever, but it's another device. The original device, the TV set, is changing because of the connection and it's opening itself. So what is happening with TV is that we should take into account those two different movements. The traditional exportation movement that brings TV content into other screens, but also the movement or the tendency that brings other things, interfaces, contents, images, into the TV set. So the TV set was the close kingdom of TV channels. Now it's a space that TV channels have to share with other actors. So the first movement is what happened with the TV set, which went from fragmentation to openness. So let me give you a French example in order, uh, I'll, I'll try to, to make a small animation, try to drive that, in order to explain what happened with the TV set. So if I take 2004, in France, the average time of viewing the TV was three hours and 30. And you have a very happy family sharing three hours and 30 <laughs> minutes daily in front of the TV set and eating pasta, I guess. Okay, so it was a very sim simple time and a very happy time for, uh, <laughs> I didn't say for the family, time. I say for the TV channels. <laughs> because of course, you would look, 100% of the offer was the linear offer, that is the traditional TV channel offer. And even that, for what we said, traditional broadcasters, the broadcasters that were, that, uh, that were there for, for a long time, they made 90% of the time spent in front of the TV set in 2004. And cable and satellite was just 10% of the time spent. So when you would run a broadcast TV channel, it would be a very happy life because it was a closed kingdom and your competition was quite limited, in fact. And even if you were not the number one or the number two into the competition, you could make a decent living. And at that time, the sharing of the experience of the TV was the analog sharing. This is the same image, but uh, people are yellow here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but you know them. Uh, uh, and so, and so the, the Simpson family was really happy with this, what I called analog sharing. We all together in the same room at the same place. So that was 2004. Then came 2014. If you take 2014, the time spent watching TV is exactly the same. So nothing has happened for the TV set. The TV set just drives or takes three hours and 30 of your day. So normally, if you build TV sets, 
you're quite happy with that because the consumption of the TV set is quite the same. But within the three hours and 30, of course, things change. First, we had a very, very small part of people work, watching non-linear contents. So the linear contents, I mean, the, the, the TV channel that is organized through a, a timetable around the day, the TV channels we know, was still 97% of the time spent. But then traditional broadcasters had moved from 90 to 65%. And then other channels, what we call the DDT channels, because it's digital terrestrial TV in France, uh, free digital terrestrial TV that has appeared. So have gathered 32% of the time spent. So this is traditional fragmentation. So fragmentation is very hard, but still it's competition between TV channels. And non-linear content, which would be catch-up TV, and I'm talking here about catch-up TV on the TV set, was just 3% of the time. So nothing really to worry about. So now, Oh, so yeah, so if I take a short break at 2014, but we would be able to distinguish four kinds of users of the TV. So I will give you some time to try. This is a study we carried out at France Television, a two-year study. We had almost 2,000 people uh, interviewed in order to try to distinguish their behaviors. And I'm sure this kind of behaviors can be found in every, in every uh, Western country. So the traditional viewers of TV, the one we know, are the regular customers. So for them, the TV set and the TV channels are the main reference. From time to time, when they miss something, they go into catch-up. But their life is still organized their TV life is still organized around uh, uh, the TV set. Then we, we go to opportunists. Uh, this is what they call themselves. Is that from time to time, they rely on TV channels, TV timetables, TV programs. But from time to time, they also are very pragmatic. And for example, for TV series, TV fictions, they relied on other tools. But still for them, the TV set is still a pivot and the TV channels exist together with other kind of offers. Then you have the selective users. The selective users don't care about TV channels anymore. They care about programs. So what they want is uh, to be able to uh, watch Game of Thrones, uh, The Killing or other series. They don't care about the channel. And so they don't really care about the device. What they want is the program. And so the TV set is one of the devices they have together with the tablets or other devices. And the followers are, of course, the TV industry nightmares. Younger people that, that rely on social networks, on Facebook, Twitter, or other tools in order to be confronted with TV content or video content. They don't know a TV channel exists. They don't care. 
And so these are the four kind of users that we're witnessing now. So what will so let's let's be back to, to, to my to my small drawings there. So in 2014, the time spent watching TV is three hour, the TV set is three hours thirty. And of course, online video has boomed in France, it's one hour and fifteen uh, and fifteen minutes, but it's supplementary time. It's people watching YouTube watching YouTube, watching, uh, watching all, the, all the video platforms on their PC, on their tablets. And really, it's not really competing with the time you spent in front of the TV set. And now my guess for 2020, when I look at the trends that we are able to witness, it's a whole different world. For the first time, the study tells us that the time spent in front of the TV set will decrease. So it will decrease from 3 hours and 30 minutes to 3. 2020 is not very far away. Huh? It's in 5 years and 4 years. So whenever you speak about the TV industry, this is tomorrow. And so uh, the time spent watching TV will be 3 hours. And, and that I will of course, give a lot of example after that, because it's, it's my main point today. This time will be shared into two kinds of offers. The time spent watching linear content, 50%, that is traditional TV channels. And the time spent <coughs> watching on-demand contents TV. So this is, oh yeah, the animation is, Taking, taking, uh, taking control. So let me explain that. So if I had to summarize what's happening with TV, this, this will be the thing you would have to take away. This is my strong belief, according to the study we have. So you see all the moves that we have here. First move is time spent watching the TV set is going down because for the first time you have a screen that is eating the time of another screen this is the smartphone and the mobile mm -hmm. and so the one hour that you take in average you take it from the time you spend on the pc or tablet but you also take it on the time you spend in front of the tv set so first move you have a disrupt I, I will complement that, of course, after that, but this is the summary. The first move is, of course, for the first time, a disruptive screen coming into the industry. The second disruption is the time spent in front of the TV set. It used to be absolutely linear, and now we guess that in 2020 it would be half and half. Half linear, traditional TV channels, and half non-linear. What is non-linear, you, you saw it here, it's Netflix, it's Yulu, Hulu, it's Amazon, in France it's Canal Play, but it can be YouTube, it can be whatever offer that is not organized as a traditional TV channel, but that you can look watch from your TV set. 
I don't know if the BBC iPlayer is on the TV set here, I guess it is, but the, the, the France Television player or whatever would be in this kind of offer too. And the last description, which is an old one, is the continuing, the enduring fragmentation in between TV traditional channels, in between really traditional channels and what we used to, to name newcomers uh, 10 years or 15 years ago. So this is a very interesting time for viewers. It's also, of course, a nightmare for the industry because different people are ruling every different, every different uh, color here of this graph. Is that clear or not? Yeah? So I will give you some example about uh, about uh, this graph, which is, I think, the, the, the takeaway I would like you to, to, to keep in mind today. So, some data, but uh, I will make the presentation available for all of you, so you don't have to take notes. Some data about uh, online video and subscription online video for young Americans. It was in March uh, 2015, in between 13 and, 14 and 24 years old. Look at that. 96% watch online videos, average 11 hours a week. Look subscription online video and look free online TV. So if you compare online video and free online TV, you see that the whole generation is uh, getting bored with the TV. And that is really a chart I love because when you work into the TV industry, it's something that uh, summarizes everything. We should, they, they took, of course, some of you know Dexter, I guess, and Homeland. So they took uh, the seasons in between 2006 and 2013 of people watching Dexter or Homeland, which are almost the same kind of people in the US. 2006, the non-linear consumption was 31%, and the traditional TV, the live consumption was 69. Look at Homeland in 2013, the live was 32%, and the non-linear was 68% of the consumption. <coughs> they said to us that for uh, the Blacklist season two, this 68% turned out to be 77%. So whenever you produce the show, you have the same kind of viewers or even more than there used to be. But when you broadcast the show, your life is not the same anymore. So we have here really a strong move in between the people that produce the show and they say, well, okay, my life is more complicated than it used to be because I have to, I have to mix this kind of offers. But of course, for broadcasters, <coughs> the, life turn, the life turns out to be a kind of nightmare. So of course, on-demand video and subscription on video, it's just, I don't have the time to to, to give you all the information, you will have that. 
it's, uh, it gives you the idea of, uh, of that the US TV homes for uh, today, 40% uh, of them uh, are, uh, have uh, the, the uh, subscription uh, on a video. And of course, the main, the main actor there is Netflix. Gives you the idea of the growth of Netflix. And much of all, what is interesting is when you have a nonlinear offer at home, it takes a lot of your attention. Uh, in, in the US in 2014, we don't have the figures for 2015. Uh, whenever you had, uh, you had a subscription to Netflix, you would look at it one hour and 30 minutes a day, uh, even a little bit more. So, it gives you an idea. A very interesting thing about Netflix, of course, is that, okay, it's not live TV or it's not linear TV, but it's not really on-demand TV. It's an offer that proposes you, recommends you some content. So the algorithm is very interesting in that kind of offer. And so the second point that really uh, I would like to share with you <coughs> is that from the TV, as I told you, we went from new channels to new kind of channels. And one of these kind, it's the data-driven recommendation. It's what I call recommendation channels, and Netflix is one of them. So it's the data. Let's take a look at the third kind of channels that is appearing today and uh, at the small box that I put on my drawings there, the mobile. So the mobile, uh, I think everybody here has a smartphone and I guess everybody here looks at video uh, on their smartphone. This is one of the, it's the third key description today of what uh, we can see in the TV industry. So of course, uh, YouTube is very heavy on mobile. New stars are coming into that kind of video. I don't have the time to, 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 to take you to, through that. Vines is another actor. And uh, the, 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 the idea I want you to keep in mind is that uh, mobility uh, I like this sentence, uh, a smartphone is not a device, it's a way of life. So this is why it, uh, it, really, uh, it is really uh, able to uh, really decrease the consumption of, uh, of people. So let's take some data about, about mobile. Uh, as I shared with, with some of you uh, uh, today, uh, look at what happened uh, with Facebook. Facebook became uh, a, a mobile, uh, a mobile-driven, uh, driven company. Today, all the growth is coming from uh, mobile-only users in Facebook. And so, Facebook today turns out to be the main mobile interface uh, uh, as far as content is concerned. And of course, this has major consequences uh, for, the, for the TV industry. And the consequences is that uh, the viewing for young people 
uh, on TV, as I told you in the drawings, is decreasing. So this comes from you, uh, or comes from uh, something from Eurodata that has been used to by the Reuters Institute. Uh, this in 2014, we don't have the figure for 2015, of course. This was incredible uh, for France. Because for the first time, we can really witness in 2014 a decrease of the TV consumption by the young people. And this decrease can be witnessed all over the place. Look at that for the US, it's less than 10%. Uh, minus 10% for the 18 to 34. So you should keep in mind, it's, uh, it gives you some data about the, uh, that uh, comforts the drawing I, I, I present you. But really, uh, this year, 2014 and 2015, it's the tipping point as far as the time spent in front of the TV set is concerned. So this is a, a drawing I like, which is uh, normally not shared by the, by the BBC, but uh, we took it uh, some notes when it, it was a seminar done by the BBC. As you know, uh, <laughs> this is very a French way to do that, but <laughs> let's be French. <laughs> so uh, when the, uh, I will explain that graph, of course, because it's, it seems to me it's very, it's very interesting. <coughs> Every generation normally has a, has a behavior, standard behavior, as far as the TV set is concerned, as far as every kind of media is concerned. But this is the traditional pattern of behavior we can expect from a generation. You spend a lot of time, almost 20 up two hours in front of the TV when you're young. Then, comes the time where you go out, you have to study, and uh, well, you have other interests in life than TV, and so your consumption goes down. And then you work, you settle down, you get bored with your friends, your wife, or your husband, and the consumption of TV goes out. Okay? So, if you take they have the same kind of graph for, for the written press, which is quite different, or for music, or what, which is different. But for TV, the TV set, huh, it's this kind of graph. And so, if you look about, about uh, what happened for uh, the people that were born in 1985, the drop was more pronounced than ever, but they are coming back to TV. Look, 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 look. Okay. They're more than 35, they're more than now 25 years old. Okay. If you look at the people born in 1990, the drop in consumption was even higher. But maybe they are coming back. Or aren't they? Born in 1995, the drop is even more pronounced. Still, huh, that should be, look, the starting point is 16. Compared as compared to uh, 22 or 21. But uh, the people at the BBC tell us they won't come back. We're pretty sure about it. We, it will go 
down and down and down and down, and it won't come back at the same level it used to. So every generation there is a dropout, or a drop into the starting point, and the decrease is more pronounced, and the rebound we don't know if they will be back. At the same time, time spent on mobile device and TV, you know that form. You know that, I won't elaborate. And uh, this is a data in order to confirm to you that time spent on mobile has gained on every device. So it's eating every device, but I won't give you that. And that is a data that you know about the video traffic uh, on mobile uh, in order to give you the impression of the booming of the market. So this is the same, almost the same data, so I won't, uh, I won't uh, elaborate on it. So this shift of usages uh, have uh, the consequence are absolutely terrible about business because one of my beliefs is that behaviors add up, but business models destroy themselves. So whenever you talk about the digital revolution, there is, a way, there is always two ways to, to look at it. If you look at it from the user's point of view, it's a very rich world. It's a golden age. Because people say, no, people still read newspapers, print newspapers, they read it online, they read on the, the, the laptop, it's say with TV. You, they have the choice, they enjoy the choice, and they, and they don't want uh, an either-or world, but they want an and-and-and world. This is true as far as uh, behaviors are concerned. For business model, it's absolutely not true. So business model destroy themselves. So one of the main effects, of course, that, uh, that, could, uh, that could have consequences on the, on the business model of the TV is the cord cutting uh, effect. Cord cutting here is in the US. It's called cord cutting because uh, the US main way to, uh, to receive TV is through cable. And so people cut the cable access in order to rely on streaming and streaming only. As you might know, cable is very expensive in the United States and you can pay in between 120 to 160 dollars a month for your cable offer. So to cut your cable uh, subscription has a real economic impact uh, uh, on your household. It's not... Uh, it, it, it. So look at it. Uh, the number of cable subscription is falling in the US. The Financial Times told us that, uh, so it, it's the same thing, huh? uh, in fact, uh, but okay. Uh, so the, uh, the Financial Times said that uh, for the first five months of 2015, there were 11 million households that uh, uh, cancelled their cable subscription uh, in the country. So at that rate, it's not a small, uh, uh, a small trend, it's a very, very powerful trend. So before we, we switch to the discussion, uh, it's a very difficult time for broadcasters 
when they don't own property rights and don't have direct access to clients. So for broadcasters today, in order to survive, for TV channel, in order to survive in that world, I think there are three to four key uh, success factors that explain basically all the industry moves that you can witness today. Holding property and distribution rights, of course, whenever we talk about digital, is about copyright rights. So this is, uh, this is, this, this explain a movement within uh, owning their own studio, owning their own production uh, companies. <coughs> Second thing is being able to live in that uh, non-linear TV, uh, TV uh, world, uh, analyzing and interpreting data, so to be able to, to, to uh, uh, not only to, to understand algorithm, to live with algorithm, but to produce algorithm, and to be able to produce quickly. I have a four key element, I didn't put it here because it's the consequence <coughs> of uh, being able uh, to, 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 to have the three key factors, uh, key success factors is <coughs> go into mobile often. <coughs> so I don't know if I will elaborate to TV news because I don't have the time. But let me take three minutes just to give you uh, some uh, French uh, data uh, mixed together with uh, with US data about the average age of, uh, of, uh, of TV news <laughs> audience. <laughs> but look at it. If I look at TF1, uh, <coughs> France 2, France 3, uh, the average age is uh, much higher than, uh, than 52 or 53. Uh, this is the main source of news by age. But uh, it comes from here, though, so you know by heart this graph. And then, of course, uh, at the same time, uh, we have this aging of the traditional news consumption on TV and the rise of online news companies and social networks as far as video is concerned. So accessing the news through smartphones, this is also coming from here, also from here, and so uh, this is a kind of dream of the industry. If we, if we try to organize our news offer like that, we might succeed in doing something pretty well. I'm not always as optimistic as this graph uh, could, uh, could tell you. To announce, to show and explain today, as far as the TV is concerned, before we TV radio was announcing, TV would show, and then the newspaper would explain. Today, we can hope that uh, the smartphone will announce, uh, the mobile or uh, <coughs> internet will show, and the TV has to move into explanation. That you know, news. I, I, I won't elaborate on that. I don't have the time uh, over time. And of course, new actors, new digital companies that produce video contents and work with TV broadcasters. Vice is one of them, BuzzFeed is one of them. They have 150 people in Hollywood today to produce video. 
uh, mixed with their 200 people in New York producing the BuzzFeed, uh, the BuzzFeed <coughs> side and smartphone side. Of course, uh, uh, now this news, even Yahoo News Digest, discover for Snapchat. It's a, we, we shared with Richard, it's a kind of mystery because uh, we don't know the data uh, about this cover, but their offer is enough with news. And of course, the age of algorithm. So I won't compliment on that. Uh, I have, uh, I'm 10 minutes uh, late. So let's summarize uh, the, the takeaway uh, that I, I want to share with you. Uh, the TV industry moved from new channels to new kind of channels. So we have, we will have three kind of TV channels. The traditional one, the linear, uh, based on programmation channels. The non-linear, based on recommendation algorithm channels. That is Netflix and the other ones. And the mobile and hybrid channels, which will be mixed into apps and services for Facebook or for uh, this kind of interfaces. Second takeaway, behaviors add up, but business models destroy themselves. It's a golden age for viewers, but not for the industry. So we will have a lot of trouble in the TV industry within the years to come. And the third takeaway is legacy news organization must rush on mobile, video production, and over-the-top distribution. Uh, I hope that was understandable. Thank you very much.